Get Lively with Bailey Friedman, and today we are joined by our special guest host. Hi, I'm Jonathan Penny. I go by JP. I am a relatively new tech student, technically a first year, but it's my third year and I transferred from GSU. I've been regularly active with Active Minds since high school, and I've also been pretty politically active in college Democrats. And I would, I guess, supposedly consider myself a mental health liaison if there was a term for it. That's awesome. That's a good way to put it. So you said you were in your first year at Tech. What's your major? Biochemistry. Biochemistry. What do you want to do with that? I want to study disease specifically. I want to mainly focus on pathology and... I don't know. I really want to probably do a lot with uh, medicine in the third world, but part of me also wants to do things involving mental health and I guess studying its genetic and chemical factors. That is really cool. So the reason that we have JP here with us today is because next week, the week of September 8th through the 14th is Suicide Prevention Week. And we kind of want to talk a little bit about that. We want this podcast episode in particular to really focus on mental health awareness and prevention of suicide. However, we do understand that when we embark into that territory, it can be difficult for some people to listen to. So take a step back if you need to or turn it off if you need to. But if you feel like this episode might be good for you to listen to, then we would love for you to do that as well. So... JP, can you like tell me a little bit about the background of this week? Of this week? Well, I really should know more, but I personally believe that it should be more than a week, but it's an opportunity to take time and consider those around you and also consider yourself and how you engage in your mental health and also looking for signs and like signals that people might be giving that their mental health isn't where it needs to be. And as... Most people, I hope, know that suicide in younger adults and teenagers ages 15 to 24, it's the third leading cause of death. So it is an important issue. It is an important topic to discuss. And a lot of times in many countries, it gets swept under the rug. So since you transferred from GSU, can you give us a little bit of an idea of what GSU does to highlight this issue? Yes, I will say that first and foremost, we have an excellent chapter of Active Minds that tries to foster discussion during this week Mm -hmm. and tries to engage with other students on campus to try and make sure that they're doing well because the organization's whole goal and intent is to create mental health awareness and create a more positive discussion of mental health issues. But I can say that GSU's, I guess, mental health center or their center where they deal with counseling and it's the counseling and testing center. And they not only offer, of course, like most public universities or all public universities do, they offer counseling. They also offer a mind and body center where they try to help students better stay connected with both your mind and your body because they're not isolated groups and one affects the other. Mm at all times. So they have yoga, they have relaxation rooms, and I'm pretty sure they have a massage chair. I wish I had had the opportunity to (laughs) explore that rumor before I transferred, but they definitely try to put a focus more on maintaining that balance. They try to constantly reiterate that, that it's so important that you keep that mind and body balance. Mm. So 
now that you're at tech, what do you see is like something that tech can do to not necessarily replicate it, although I think we should aim to replicate it because that is like an incredible resource that we don't have here. But what do you think that tech can do to address mind and body health? What I've seen a lot is that there are resources available, but sometimes they are just poorly advertised or Mm. not easy to find and you have to go out of your way to find it. And sometimes you could ask somebody who is supposedly supposed to be an expert on it or is an advice giver and they may not know themselves because not everybody knows all the resources that tech has to offer. So I can say one of the first things I would like to be a little more easy because I had to hunt to find certain things is that that like resources for students for first years or for any year are a little better advertised and a little more easy to find like it's like oh if you're having this issue well you can go right here like Mm -hmm. we have the systems in place like we have the technology yeah absolutely so I think like something that really comes into question a lot is the counseling center at Georgia Tech do you have any experiences I personally haven't um gone to the counseling center here I privately outsource my counseling Mm -hmm. um, for myself but I have heard comments from people and of course one of the things that I would like to say is that university counseling will never be everything that a person necessarily needs it to be Mm -hmm. for starters they are trying to help as many people as they possibly can as many students as as possibly can and usually they are outnumbered and they have massive time constraints so I will not hold any ill will towards the counselors for not being able to meet all the needs of the students or of specific students. But I will say that from what I've heard, we do need more counselors and more people there to address the problem. I do not feel like we will ever entirely be able to address the issues plaguing um, students, but I think we could do better with more counselors. Mm -hmm. Something that I read on the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention is that what their goal is for this upcoming week is to focus on connections and interpersonal connections because they said, and quote, that there is scientific evidence for reducing suicide risk by making sure we connect with one another. We can all play a role through the power of connection by having real conversations about mental health with people in everyday moments, whether it's those closest to us or the coffee barista, parking lot attendant, or the grocery store clerk. So I was reading through the website when JP and I decided to do this episode and that really stuck out to me because that puts a lot of emphasis on the day-to-day and individuals who maybe it's not something that you think that you deal with on a regular basis or you might not be in a place where you really feel like you're struggling with your mental health. However, many people around us do and it's so important to recognize that and to be open to having those conversations and it's something that like we can really address at the individual level yes and i wanted to point out that one of the important things about this is that there's a misconception that mental health is not as important as physical health right and it very much so is And keeping up your mental health, also just like keeping up your physical health, requires effort. It requires work. And sure, some people are going to be a little more naturally inclined to being healthier and in a better position, but people should take the time to actively make sure that one, not only they're in a place where they're mentally healthy or working on being more mentally healthy, but also in engaging 
with those around you. It doesn't take as much effort as people would believe to regularly engage in healthy practices. Can you give a few examples of what some healthy practices would be? The biggest one, and this is an umbrella term, but self-care. And then ensuring that you are readily, of course, engaging in hygiene, nutrition, uh, rest, downtime, making sure that you keep balance and then also engaging with others. But in a healthy dialogue, checking in with those around you and just making sure that you know what's going on in their lives and Mm -hmm. how they're feeling on the day to day. I, with my roommates personally, like to have an open dialogue, at least for a few minutes, like in the morning, if there's time, not usually, but definitely at night. And I always tell them, you don't have to be positive. You don't have to be happy. I genuinely just want to know what your current state is and Mm -hmm. how you're dealing with everything on your plate right now. And it's incredible to think about, like, if every single person took that time to do that with their roommates, how much more open dialogue there would be around this campus. Like if we were just intentional about checking in, because that's definitely something I could do better. It's just like, seriously, how are you? Or what are you going through today? Or like, what has been hard about today? Or what's been good about today? And just really providing a safe space for those conversations. In a roommate situation, in a roommate environment that is so common in college, really like your home should feel like your safe space a lot of the time. And it can be incredibly difficult if you don't have that open relationship with your roommates for it to feel like a safe space. And it absolutely should. And so that can be a challenge for our listeners, perhaps if you're living with someone, just to check in on them. Yeah, it's definitely important that you have those discussions with people who you have the capability of having those discussions because, of course, there are people that you have boundaries with. You're not always going to be able to talk to your roommate like that. My roommates are some of my closest friends, so I feel comfortable engaging Mm -hmm. in discussions about mental health and our current well-being. But if you don't have that relationship with your roommates, I could say try to foster it or go to somebody that you do have that relationship with. Right. Just as long as you're seeking those people out that you can talk to and that can talk to you, that interpersonal connection is the key here. We live in the United States and the way that we engage in dialogue about mental health can be toxic at times and it can also be problematic. Like I, as a black person, cannot necessarily have those discussions with my family because a lot of the time it's not a dialogue that you're supposed to have. You're supposed to keep it private and handle your business and never go talk to a doctor about it. But I regularly see a therapist. You can quote me on that. (laughs) I am very glad I do. It keeps me the lively, thriving person that I am. And it's definitely something where first, if you want to start this dialogue, you also have to be able to find people who are going to be receptive or if not at least receptive, somebody who is willing to engage in a discussion. Because if they're going to immediately negate your opinion, that's not something that you're necessarily going to want to do. Like that's probably going to hurt you. So the first thing to do if you want to start a dialogue is figure out whether or not you can at least begin to engage in dialogue. Because it doesn't go from zero to 100. It's like building a building. You have to start with the framework. You have to start building the structure 
and begin shaping a healthy dialogue. So you begin to talk to this person about mental health, how you're actually feeling, how you're supposed to regularly engage in your mental health. And then hopefully if you have an open dialogue, you can begin to discuss and get a better feel of where this person stands overall. And hopefully you can find somebody who will over time open up to you and who you can also open up to about the current state of your mental health, somebody like a confidant or somebody who you can regularly discuss what your issues are or how you're feeling, like if you're doing good. Like there are people who I will definitely tell if I'm doing really good. It's not just always about going to somebody when you've got an issue. There are definitely times I text people and I'm like, I'm having a really good day and I hope the same for you. And it's definitely about not only forming that dialogue, but also constantly keeping that dialogue. Make it an ongoing discussion. It doesn't have to be the forefront of your relationship with somebody, but it is a good component to keep. I feel like every healthy relationship, whether romantic or platonic or otherwise, should have a healthy open dialogue about your current mental state, mm. so long as you have the proper boundaries with the person. I think what you're saying there about the dialogue is so important. And, you know, going back to what we said, and especially with what the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention is really focusing on this upcoming week with those connections and by checking in on people. And I think it's also important to have those in your personal relationships, have conversations. And as JP said, with the right boundaries in place to be open about your mental state with people who you have close relationships with. But also, you don't have to stop with just the people that you have close relationships with. And I think it's okay, given the fact that we are a pretty large campus and a very diverse student body, and people are experiencing a whole range of experiences at Georgia Tech. I think, you know, really taking that into consideration and maybe like if you notice someone in your class might not be having the best day, sit down and have a conversation with them or someone in an organization with you or someone that you work with on a project. Be willing to have those conversations even with people not to say that you have to because it always has to be like what you're comfortable with as well but if you are comfortable with that then like have conversations with people who you feel like need to be checked in on as well yes so long as it's in a passive non-judgmental manner absolutely yeah because uh somebody walking up to you and just saying i think you're depressed is not the goal right being like how are you today yes asking someone even if it's like doesn't necessarily seem like anything's wrong but just letting people know that you care yeah. is I think the number one thing. And I definitely like to say, um, how are you honestly? Because yeah. a lot of people will ask you, how are you? And not necessarily want a genuine response. So I like to make certain that they understand that whether they are doing good or bad, I genuinely want to know. Yeah, like I really appreciated last week on Monday when you came into the technique office and I was there and you were just like very open about like how your day wasn't the best so far. And I was like, yeah. JP and I, we've had conversations, but not that many. And it was just like very almost liberating to yeah. hear that you were just like not afraid to talk about those things because we shouldn't be afraid to talk about those things. Like the technique office in particular is a place where, you know, we're a community and we strive to be a community. And part of being a community is listening to one another and supporting one another. And you can't do that if you're not willing to listen to how people's days are. Or on the other hand, be open to sharing how your days are. And so I really appreciated that when JP came in and spoke to me about that because it made me in turn feel comfortable to talk about how my day was going, which sometimes I tend to be more of like the person who like holds things in sometimes and I'm really trying to break that. And so it was just really cool for me. 
Yeah, we do not conceal, don't feel. This is not Frozen or Elsa. We all know how that <laughs> turned out. Yeah, no, we're not building up castles. We are breaking down walls. Thaw the icy heart. <laughs> I don't know why I'm going with the Frozen analogy, but it kind of just works. I like it. I think it fits. One of my favorite things that's been happening in 2019, because as we know, it's not been the most positive year, but there have been some things to come out of it, are the mental health memes. Like all of the funny memes that just openly discuss your mental health. Like sure, there are sometimes jokes about depression and anxiety, but it definitely normalizes that discussion that people have different experiences on the day to day. And my favorite that has stayed pretty popular is the my therapist memes mm -hmm. of like my therapist. It's like, what do we say when we feel like this? And then the person responding, it be like that sometimes. And then the therapist saying like, no, <laughs> like also, yes, we openly experience emotion, guys. It's 2019, regardless of whatever walk of life you come from. And also just the fact that like anybody can have a therapist. I think that's a great idea. And also that you don't necessarily have to be mentally ill to go to a therapist. It's like exercising. It's a good way to keep track of your mental health and stay mentally healthy, especially when stressors and aggravators come along. So I find the memes great. Yeah, I personally think that it's really awesome that, again, it just kind of goes back to the whole dialogue thing, but like it just is becoming more present. It's happening in memes and in pop culture and places like that where it isn't just kind of being like thrown under the rug. I think that that's really cool. And I think that is kind of what this upcoming week is about as well. I think the way to make people feel more supported is letting them know that they're seen and like that their struggles are heard. Definitely. Okay. We have a tendency to sweep things under the rug in our culture. And you all hear that fine. It's like it's OK to not be good all the time. Mm. It's okay to, it's absolutely okay to not be good all the time. It's okay to have bad days. It's okay yeah. to have good days. It's okay to have a bad year. I mean, even though you might not want to admit it, but you should definitely open up and have that dialogue with people who you're comfortable with. And I, I need to stress this enough, make you feel safe and make yeah. you feel supported. Yeah. I think speaking from personal experience, one of like the most difficult things, my freshman year was really hard because I was like, dealing with grief outside of school in the midst of my freshman year and I had people in my life who would be like well just focus on the good or just focus on the positive or just because there's one bad thing doesn't mean everything is bad and I was like at this point in my life and where I'm at right now it feels like a lot is bad but it's also okay for me to admit that it's bad and to deal with it being bad and I remember Earlier this year, it was just a hard day for me because it was a day that had a lot of associations with that grief from my freshman year. And I ran into someone who I trusted and was like very open about why I was having a bad day. And that person's response was like, one bad thing doesn't make your whole day bad. Like you can still smile and like you can still have a good day. And like I know that that was coming from a place of encouragement and like an attempt to be supportive. But I think it's also important to remember that like by invalidating the negative feelings that people have in the hard days and the hard moments, that can be really, really damaging because I remember walking away from that conversation and almost feeling guilty for being sad when I was like, I have every right to be sad right now and yes. I should be feeling sad and feeling sad is okay. And I think that that's important is to remember in your conversations with people to never invalidate them. You know, when someone says, I'm sad right now, don't say, but you have this reason to be happy or don't say, why are you sad? Be like, I understand and I'm here for you. 
Yes, grief and loss and sadness are all normal parts of the human experience and they don't need to be invalidated because everybody experiences them and everybody has their ups and downs. You can't constantly stay up and you also can't constantly stay down for that matter. But if somebody is having a bad day or a series of bad days, it's definitely better to accept that emotion and maybe try to find the root than to tell them to stop it yeah because sometimes a person can't stop it sometimes you can't stop being sad that's kind of like telling somebody who has asthma to just breathe right eventually they'll find their way you know maybe they'll get an inhaler i don't know why i'm leaning heavily into the analogies but eventually they will be happy again i think the analogies are really important because it really emphasizes the fact that these emotions and the experience associated with those emotions are no different or in any way less important than the experiences that are associated with physical health. Like as we've talked about, like with asthma, there is understanding and there is patience and, you know, whatever when someone is dealing with asthma. It's like, okay, well, let me help you or let me do this. You don't tell someone just breathe or figure it out. And I think that we need to approach the topic of mental health the same way. Yeah, it's okay to approach in, I guess, kitty gloves rationale, just sort of approaching it gently. And I feel like in these times, we could definitely use a little more gentle, just, you know, engaging in like feeling out the situation gently and also treating other people a little more gently, you know, treating them with a little more kindness and respect and understanding. Yeah, absolutely. So thanks, JP, for being on the episode. I, an honor to be here. It was an honor to have you here. I feel like I learned a lot from you and we talked about some pretty important things and I hope that whoever listens to this either feels encouraged or feels motivated to be an encourager for someone and not a discourager, please. Yes. And also not to say that we're villainizing people who try to be like, oh, focus on the positive. We just kind of want you to think about the implications. Even if you're coming at something with good intentions, think about how someone on the other side of your conversation is feeling after that conversation and just walk into that. Yeah. Use, in that some, use some empathy. Yeah, absolutely. And so maybe this will address something like that in your life. But yeah, it was fun. Not necessarily fun, but it was good to chat about it. And I think it's important to chat about it. Yes. I feel better coming out of it. It's definitely a good way to get through a Thursday. Yeah. Yeah. Thursdays are my longest days. And I was like, absolutely, let's do this. Like, this is going to, I don't know. It's like a good, yeah, a get good, it off my chest. An exhale, a breath of fresh a air. A breath of fresh air, even though I get very breathless when I talk into this microphone. <laughs> I hope you all are having a wonderful day. And if you're not, that's also okay. Hopefully you'll feel better tomorrow or the day after. But eventually, hopefully you'll be feeling good. Yeah. And like JP said, if you're not, that's okay too. Usually, I don't know if anyone needs this, but normally during the week, the office doors to the technique are open. We are friendly people. We I... are. Someone is usually sitting there. I mean, if you want to come chat, yeah. JP and I are in there sometimes. We don't bite. No. And if you just feel like you need a comforting room or environment or someone to talk to, we are always there. Well, JP and I yeah. <laughs> are not always there. But we are there sometimes, and other times other people are there. But normally you'll find someone in the technique office, all that to say. So if you do need a friend or someone to chat with. We're here. We're here, yeah. So with all that said, you can check out our latest issue 
published Friday the 6th. That is our issue of the technique. In that issue, we are highlighting our Clemson recap, the recent Cleary acts and phone snatchings around campus, and we actually have a chat with a recruiter because career fair is coming up. Tune in next week for more fresh, dank news. And remember, if you have opinions about current events, let us know by tweeting at neekpod or emailing podcast at neek.net. If you're interested in writing for the technique or sending a letter to the editor, email us at opinions at neek.net. To support the technique, pick up a fresh copy of our newspaper every Friday and tune in to Rec Radio at 91.1 FM. To hear more news, tune in on Mondays at 6 p.m. for Battleground. I'm going to do a shameless plug there because I also host that one. So if you want to hear me talk about politics or news or something, then like that might be fun, too. Thanks for listening. See See you you next time. time.